that new modem. Ooh, baby. Oh, Cruising. Man. Ah, well, Will, you are a sight for sore eyes. I feel like it's been ages since we've podcasted. It really feels like it's been a long time. I think it's like a week and two days, so it's not that long, but it is a long time. You know, lots lots of things have happened in the world, have they? I don't even know. I also just worked for like five days straight, so I don't know what day it is actually. Yeah, so. you know, so so did I. I'm a little I'm a little tapped out also. I was just saying to you before we hit record that I sat down like two minutes ago. Usually, you know, I have fifteen twenty before we start the podcast where I'm waiting for you, but no. I ran home, I ate, and now we're on. So yeah, I think I, we're both running on E a little bit. It's gonna be a a whatever comes out kind of episode. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I did prep work. You did? Okay. Because I'm that good. I'm just so good. When I have the day off before, I can be a human, and I'm like, all right, let's <clears throat> let's get into it. But no, I, I, did a, I, I made you a preview list, so like you can have your hot take warm-up to get you in the mind space. Oh, thank God. Yeah, that's exactly what I need tonight, so. You're welcome. Um, all right, so we're going we're gonna to start. Um, okay, so first thing, smart home light bulbs. Uh, seems like a good idea on paper, but also more hassle than it's worth at the end of the day. You know, like a light switch is fine, guys. Conveyor belt sidewalks in airports. Oh, you know what? I used to love them as a kid and now I exclusively don't use them because I feel like I can walk faster. Also during COVID, they're non-operational. Really? Oh, because people lean and touch the sides. Yeah, I guess so. (sighs) Claudia Conway don't know who that is unfortunately the conway daughter who hates her mother are you okay, talking about kelly ann conway mm-hmm. what did you just say you just said claudia claudia conway. that's the daughter oh oh okay. tiktok famous daughter oh i still didn't know sorry okay what about george conway george conway is that an actor no that's the, the husband of kelly and conway oh is he gay but won't admit it yeah <laughs> okay yes you know what? You know Con- why I know that. I'm I'm not kidding you right now. I don't know anything about Kellyanne Conway's husband. She just seems like the type of woman that would have the closeted gay guy, and it's yes. you know it happens in the Republican Party. He's a Democrat, <laughs> so he's, so a, he's it's a, Pete It's a fully house divided in thirds. It's very uh, interesting. You know, what about Con Agra? Don't know what that is either, man. You're Food conglomerate. Me. Oh, okay. I really just did like alliteration, so things that sounded the same. So next one is long cons or short griffs. Ooh, as in which is my preference? Yeah, I prefer long thoughts, cons. feelings about them. I, yeah. I, you know, I think long cons are a lot more interesting. I like all the planning that's involved. They're a lot more uh, cinematic in my mind. Short griffs are just things like uh, being a podcaster and having a Patreon. I feel like that's a, a longer con than a short grift. I don't know. A short grift is like like selling tummy tea on an Instagram where you're like, just shit your brains out. You'll lose five pounds versus like doing 100 episodes of a podcast and then you get like an ad for Blue Chew. I think, you um, know, I think all of those things are kind of along the same lines. But nonetheless, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the idea that I don't like short grifts. OK, what about grits? I'm really agnostic on grits. If they show up on my plate, I'm going to eat them, but uh, I would never really order them. Okay. What about Gritty the mascot? 
You know, I thought Gritty was funny to begin with, but then I got a little overexposed to Gritty, so I'm glad he's disappeared. Um, oh, you're over fuck around and find out? Yeah, pretty much. I'm way mm-hmm. over that catchphrase, that's for sure. And then what about Mask for Mask? I don't... You don't know what that is. I don't know what that is, sorry. <laughs> I, I was thinking Jim Carrey, but there's another mask in there, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's the thing where gays on the on the on the interweb just are like, oh no, only mask for mask. None of you sissy boys. And it's like you suck oh, dick. What are you talking about? As in masculine. Yeah. I'm spelling that out C. in case the listeners don't know too. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Mask for mask, huh? I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I think if that's your proclivity, like, yeah, you might as well just cut out cut out all the chaff, you know? It seems like the gays are pretty good at doing that. They are not shy about segregation on their dating apps. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Oh. Yeah, in many ways. That that fall it fall it waterfalls with the like no fets, no femmes, no Asians. Yes, it does. Stereotype of like a Caucasian Hell's Kitchen gay. Right. Listen, I mean, I'm fine with all that stuff. Uh it just seems like the mask for mask thing that shouldn't even be offensive to anybody. That's that's fine. You know, let them have it. Uh, that's how you get people who like look like truly look like siblings, but they're like, "No, we fuck," and you're like, "Oh, you should not." That's mm. disgusting. <laughs> that's just buy a mirror. That it's is cheaper. always a little bit weird. Can I ask you a question? Ugh. Are you considered mask or not? Like, I genuinely I don't, don't know. know. I I would say yes because I'm very this, but also I'm wearing a ball cap with a beard, and I wear baggy chinos and over like a button down every day of my life right so i think that just makes me indifferent in general yeah it's hard i mean i don't mean to be impolitic here or offend you but it's like you have the voice but if you didn't talk i don't think on the street i would pick you out i don't know actually i take that back your posture is kind of fake Oh yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> and the legs are always crossed, or my, to- my you know, my, my my ankles are always crossed, and the ankles are always out. Right. I guess what I was getting at is that you don't have an identifiable gay category. Then, when you go on the no. apps, you're not called anything, and you don't call yourself anything. No, because unlike some people, my sexuality is not my entire being. Oh, good. It's an aspect of you know. Oh. It's not just like, well, I'm just too masked for that. It's like okay. Okay, swole bro, shut mm-hmm. the fuck up and suck another dick. Whatever, um, you know. Sometimes you don't have to lead with that. You're just like, yes, I, my pinky is up, and then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know, I was talking to one of our mutual friends the other day, and we were uh, wondering if any of our friends in common were assholes, and we said no together. However, we did single you out and say, you know, Will can be mean sometimes, but it it is so well integrated into your personality that it is not offensive. Does that make sense? It's not also with ill intent. It's not. That's right. It, I I will say this. I am very impatient, and I know when I'm like, what? What are we doing? I, I don't have time for this. What are we? And then for some, that's assholeish behavior. I just go, I'm tired and I'm cranky and you're wearing my patience then because it doesn't exist to begin with. Right. I felt like it kind of dovetailed with the uh, pinky up but uh, none of your business kind of idea. They seem related in my mind. 
that sort of terse quality. That's also just a way of, I don't know. I think that's also just a way of being in the world. It's like, like when you're just like, none of your business. What? No. Yeah, totally. You know, it's, it's that kind of very, very old school style of like, what? We're not talking about that right now. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, uh, we live in a world where no is a thing that people don't hear very often. Right. But like, I want to know, uh, no, you don't need to. Um, which is, you know, I'm really like leaning into 2021 as being the year of no, especially as someone in, in a service world. I'm just like, no, but you did it. That, no. All, all of we're the gonna, mutual empathy not. that COVID originally spawned is now expired. I think we're riding oh, into I mean, this year, you know, on a harsh vibe. Oh, I mean mostly just like to the public. If the public acts up, I'm just like, no. But no, there's no buts. I said no. Oh, that's what I mean, too. But do you remember, yeah. like, we had conversations at length about this at the beginning of all this shenanigans about, you know, what the potential was, how it was nice to be nice to people finally. And, you know, uh, I don't think so. Not anymore. That wore down. I don't know. I saw a thing that it was like, is this the week where everyone who, you know, has been doing things is finally worn down? By the pandemic of it all and i'm like yes yes it is yes, yes well hey is. good news we're recording this on the final day of the trump administration and we're going to be riding with vibe and joe pretty soon you know riding with biden joe vibe well first of all well first we have to light candles and put them in the windowsill for everyone who died of covid wait what is that a thing people are that's doing a that? thing that's supposed to happen tonight why because they're blaming Trump for this know. exclusively? I don't I don't know. Or it's like I, this is the pots okay. and pans and yelling out the window at 7 p.m. all over again. What is with people it's, in this bullshit? It's the symbol the the idiotic empty symbolism that people are like clutching onto like the last grasp of like we can all do this thing together and it's unity and it's like what does that do? It's like it's akin to like all the like guilty slightly racist white people posting on the cave shit yesterday and i'm like i've seen you clutch your bag on a subway car because someone darker than khaki sat next to you like what <laughs> what are you doing here what are you trying what Mm-mm. um like doing superficial things i thought we were beyond that like the pots and pans lasted what a month as far as i three know. weeks i mean they never really did it in our neighborhood so it was hard to eh, say. You'd get a little bit of pot pan. I mean, you get a little bit, but like it's it petered out after like. Two Let's weeks. be honest. The two white people on the block uh, would make a ruckus, and everyone else would look askance. Like the newest gentrifiers yes. to the block were yes. like, we're, in, "We're loud," and everyone was like, "You shut the fuck up, right, goddamn now." They were like the bad DJ at a party that grabs the iPhone and like puts on a terrible song. And you have them and one other person really excited to dance to it, but everyone else is like, what are these people doing here? It's the person who, on New Year's Eve, thinks it's funny and a joke to put on the Black Eyed Peas, it's going to be a good night song. Yes. And just be like, oh, <laughs> isn't this funny? And you're like, read the Wait, room, fucker. Speaking of the Black Eyed Peas, did you see that they're getting Will I Am to do a Zoom concert for Joe Biden? No. Which. No. I mean, no. I think we discussed. I only this. knew about the Gaga. 
Oh, she's doing, doing one too? Anthem. Well, hey, she fits right into what I'm about to say, which is, how funny is it? We talked about this maybe two episodes ago, of the, about everybody bringing back the Obama years, you know? And they're really trying hard right now with these musical guests. It's, you know, that's squarely in uh, term two Obama, the Black Eyed Peas and Lady Gaga. I mean, what what's she going to do? Like, fucking do a segue in the rain on me? Like, I don't understand, like, how... Uh, I don't know how it I fits. Know. I really don't. They should get Bradley Cooper and just do a song from A Star Is Born. <laughs> to do Shallow and then have him piss himself? No, yeah. I don't think that's a great idea. That's a very, very bad idea. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you as far as the symbolic stuff goes. I don't think we're over it. I mean, I think what's fascinating to me is that they're they're getting their last gasp in before everybody goes back to brunch, you know? You can only be unified and symbolic and be in the resistance when, when we still have Donald Trump there, but we're not going to have him as of noon tomorrow. And, uh, you know, there's going to be nothing well, to unify against. Well, you know, Homegirl is not giving Dr. Jill a tour of the the living quarters, so, you know, everyone's like, of course, classless bitch. And I'm like, okay. Okay. I mean, it is a pandemic. You maybe don't want to take someone in a small enclosed area because, I don't know, it seems, you know. Well, look, Melania was the hottest first lady. She gets a pass. She can do whatever she wants. Let's be honest. It's true. Can you name me a better one? Mm-mm. Oh, Jackie. I don't think so. I, I Maybe that's controversial, but Jackie O is very, very weird looking in an unattractive way. Maybe uh, I'm just projecting onto her, but I get the sense that Jackie O is crazy, and uh, she's got the crazy eyes. You wouldn't want to be in a relationship with her. Maybe she's a well, maybe she's a one and done, but I would rank Jackie O oh below. Oh boy, <laughs> I mean, all aristocratic families are crazy, so like it, it just comes with a certain kind of crazy, but like you know, just a little, a little sprinkle of like. Huh, that's that's some circuitous yeah, circuitous logic you just used there, ma'am. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I also don't think like when you think about the history of like political first ladies or first husbands, you're just like anyone who's in like a political sphere at all or like a newsy sphere is never going to be like a ten. Why do you think that is? I'm not sure that that's true. Nerds. I can't, yeah, I guess. I can't or think of- or ar- aristocratic, where it's like, ooh, there was some inbreeding somewhere along the family line, um, and you're gonna get some some of that kind of like weird giant forehead that Jackie had. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. That was some American aristocratic inbreeding. But I don't know. Think about all those Fragonard paintings. There were some sexy French bitches back in the day. It's hard to tell under all those clothes, but that's also like a cartoon of a person. That's not even like an actual portrait Mm, i guess so like you've seen contemporary french people in the world right do they look anything like those gray wigged ladies on the swings again i think it's hard to tell because of the wigs and the clothing maybe but yeah i take your point that uh the french aren't necessarily bringing the milkshake to the yard yeah, no French person I kn- I've ever seen has like one of those petite little like cartoon noses that swoop up like a fucking Disney princess, like a Fragonard. Right, right. No, no, no. F- French, uh, French people have big noses, don't they? Yeah, generally they, they get. Ve- yeah, they get they get very toucan Sam looking. Hey, uh, before we get too far, are, are am I frozen to you? 
No. Because you are big time frozen to me right now. I can hear you oh, perfectly. I have, no, I have no freeze. Okay. Hello? Okay. It are was like back? a full zoom failure on this side. Yeah. The little green thing on the microphone just stopped moving and I was like, oh, it's not getting anything. No, I think that was just a that was just a zoom catastrophic fail because it seemed like it was failing on my end too. Hmm. Anyways. Uh, technical difficulties, but we're back. I feel like we're going to have really have to struggle to cut around that one. So <laughs> That's going to be a lot of choppity chop, chop, chop. Um, I think we were talk- saying something about French people, but I don't care anymore. I, I-, I was oh, going yeah. to a- ask you, do you have anything burning on your mind that you were thinking about yesterday? Yesterday? No, I, I had no thoughts yesterday. I t- truly had no thoughts yesterday. I, I realized that, like, having, uh, like, because I-, I went out with friend of the show, Gwen, on Sunday night. Uh, just to like have a drink because I was like uh, a long day, um, and we we're supposed to go do hot toddies in a park, but then no one went to do hot toddies, so I was like, okay, so do you still want to go somewhere to get one? And we did, but like I had one hot toddy and one shot in beer, and I was like, the next morning I was like, oh, I'm dying. That, but that might have been the like buffalo chicken sandwich on a hero that I got on the way home, <laughs> you know? Like I felt like like gross and i was like why am i gross i only had like three things to drink in total um and i was like oh yeah you pounded that greasy sammy yeah you know uh, we're we're getting up there in age man no longer can you pound a buffalo chicken hero and uh live, live to, to tell speak the tale no, yeah. <laughs> no no i was like it's either one or the other and like Ugh, no, it, it did not work. I was like, I just need to eat something. Um, well, hey, in the immortal words of Jay-Z, you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. What What is the villain in this case? Just like <laughs> the buffalo temperance? chicken sandwich and hedonism. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I have... What the fuck? Um, that's why I was like, let me try and like just have a light uh, beer situation that has like mostly limes in it. Um, what do I have? I have... Uh, there was a thing in the times about uh, basically minimalism becoming a thing in people's lives again. Like think about like Marie Kondo. Is it Marie Kondo? Marie Kondo, the Japanese woman that has people fold their clothes a specific way. And throw stuff out. Yeah. Yes. Wait, what's like, the, par- can you read the headline to us, please? How nothingness became everything we wanted. And I was like, oh, go fuck yourself. Um, well, hang on. Before we get into your take on it, what was the what was the thrust of the article? What was it arguing? Oh, you think I read it? No, I just took oh. a screenshot. Jesus <laughs> I kind of wanted, to, I did want to discuss the idea of like, uh, you know, like uh, a home turn to minimalism and like decluttering. Uh, and I don't know where that comes from because that was kind of like, uh, versus the like, maximalism that you see on the like uh interweb and in, you know the instagram of it all where people have like sixty thousand plants and you're like whoa w- didn't know you had a rainforest home <laughs> right well i don't know i think it goes one of two ways i just think there's types of people uh you know and some people are very lively and eclectic and borderline hoarding See, I don't think plants count in this play in this case because plants are a nice thing to have. Having like a little jungle by your window, I, I think you could have that in a pretty minimal environment too. But like you're I don't a think minimalism necessarily minimal means nothingness, you know. 
you like you like all surfaces clear, nothing on them ever, and everything in at right angles. Well, yeah, I mean that's the real thing. I like everything knolled up, as they say. I like yeah, to take a surface mm. and I like to organize it so that the next time you need something from it, it's easily uh, and visually accessible. I don't always do that. That's not a domestic thing for me. That's more of a utility thing. In a home, I just don't really care. I'm kind of a slob at at the end of the day. Eh, I don't... Not really. You don't think so? No. No. I I can live with plenty of clutter and not notice it. But there's certain, like, pods of places that I'm like, no clutter ever. Like, there's certain, like, surfaces. I'm like, we don't clutter that. But this can have some clutter for, you know, like... I'm a big fan of signs of life, right? Like right. you should have a sign that you're like living in a space because I think like you've been in collector's homes where you're like, clearly no one lives here and it's like a little unnerving. Yeah. I mean, my, my favorite story about this is one time going to a collector's home where they weren't home and it was just me and I was let in by a doorman to install something. And I got to poking around just because I was curious and I had nothing better to do, you know, not thinking at the time that a lot of people have security cameras in their homes, and this is probably a really you were bad on the idea. Nest Cam, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I started opening their drawers in their kitchen and like peeking in their closets and stuff, just to find that everything was empty. To the extent that there was no silverware in the kitchen, there was nothing but mustard in the refrigerator. There was a closet with one shirt and a, several hangers and nothing else. Um, and it became really clear that, oh, this is just a motel room that someone bought. This isn't a home yeah. in any real sense. It has yeah. art in it so that it looks like a home, but everything else that you would need from cleaning supplies to the most basic utilitarian items are absent. Were there like cups, like glasses? I think there was glassware and plates, but I honestly think that it wasn't there to be used. It was there so that it looked like you lived there. You know what I mean? Like it was. Display having silverware is a strange thing. Yeah, you can't. How do you have glasses and plates? And then you're like, well, like, because what if you're just like, oh yeah, people are gonna come over for dinner while I'm in town for my two nights a year or whatever. It's like, uh, what are we gonna eat with? Oh, just buy some forks at Great and Barrel, and we'll just toss them when I, we're done. I think that's actually what they do. Yeah, is just throw the stuff away. I wouldn't be surprised if the glassware was just left over from a similar incident too. You know. And by the way, I'm just straining in my memory. I'm just kind of assuming they had glassware. I don't remember for sure. But I think it would be even weird for that circumstance to lack that, you know. Yeah, because this is what I think of, like, as the, I don't know. There's something about that that is a tier of, like, exceptionally rich and out of touch that you're just like, I don't make these home choices because I just get rid of it all. And then you have, like, uh, you know, a certain Upper East Side home that is well appointed with very specific taste guidelines of what is like a certain kind of wine glass or a, a proper dinner, like tiers of dinner plates. Yeah, of course. In of China course. and crystal and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, like that it's new money, old money kind of. Exactly. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. I don't care how much money you have. If you live like what I described, that is trash. You are trashy. Yeah, you you have no taste. No. That's kind of the main problem. Is like you have money, but you have no taste. Yeah, that's Which... the nouveau riche problem. But anyway, you know, I want to hear I want to hear your exegesis on like uh, 
signs of life. That's what you were getting at before I went on that little. Oh day. yeah, I mean like, cause like I, world renowned like dump on corner of table person, like every corner of every table has like a pot of crap, that it's either and you know this is, literally every surface one corner it's just like huh that just lives there for now. Because it, it could be a might pick it up later or it's a subtle reminder like, hey, do your taxes. Your receipts are on this corner. They're prepped and ready. You just have to do them. But they look like a little messy little pile. But it, it is a little like reminder like, oh, you have things to do. Um, and like, you know, I, I don't like seeing like I don't like seeing nothing on a surface. Like this is why like a, on, on bookshelf there's like a vignette of like you know use candles that you can throw a tea light in so you can do it for you know things are ready for an event if you need to do it um and you know that's always ready but it's like you know if someone was like oh we can just go you know have dinner you can come over for dinner i'd be like well give me two hours i gotta clean right like yeah. it's not like the kind of thing where it's like oh just come over yes everything's just beautiful and put away all the time i'd be like give me 45 minutes and then you can come over you know like that kind of yeah, I mean, take this with a grain of salt, because I don't mean it in a wholly negative way, but you skirt the line sometimes between cl- clutter and sl- outright slobbery. I-, I-, I don't have, like, a better word than being a slob for that, but, like, the pile of receipts is slobbery. That's beyond clutter. But the, the, Because the utility the is so far in the future that there's no reason to designate a space for that, you know? But it's also in the, like, slobby room, like... Now I just have a room to throw my piles in. Right. You have a slop room now. You have a mud room. I now, <laughs> yeah, I have my mud room of stacks of paper, um, which, you know, as I realize, I'm like, oh my God, I am my, I'm turning into my grandmother, like in front of my own eyes. Um, well, it makes you realize why people had offices in their home. Like I never quite understood the appeal of that because, you know, like we had an office in my home growing up and it was where the computer was when families had one computer and not everyone had their own. But other than that, I never got what that room was for. And now I understand you need a place for your business papers. You need to pile papers in a room so that they're not on tables everywhere else. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Cause like, yeah, you can just be like, Oh, that's that, that belongs in the business papers thing, or that belongs in the trash. And you can make that decision when you have a place elsewhere for the, the stack of crap to go. Right. You know, or it's just like, you know, we now live in a world where it's like, I have 10 masks. Like, I'm just like, oh, no, those are on a nice little bookshelf over yonder. Like, put them up there when they're done. It's like, so it's not flinging all over the place. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're on your own now, but I feel like in 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 an apartment zone sans office, when you don't have that spare room, that's what dressers and nightstands ultimately become is because they're the most desk-like objects around. So that was what it was for me. Those became the zones for mail that might be important or um, knickknacks and bullshit and receipts that didn't need to be in the public space that you share, but did need to be out in order to be hopefully organized later, but usually just purged uh, in a room cleaning or a move. Yes. Because let's yeah. be honest, that's I, what most business papers are, are things to be purged later. That's why I'm anti-clutter. That's what most clutter actually is. Uh, some of it is, some of it's not. I mean, it is stuff that you're just like, why was I holding on to this piece of paper for so long? Like, I'm looking around, I'm like, I could throw out 
four pieces of paper right now. Will I move them for another two weeks? No. Not a goddamn way. Until I have like a day where I'm actually in here and then I can set free sure. things. Um, but like, that's a very different kind of... I mean, this is what I don't get about the mindset of like someone who's like, no, everything is clear all the time. Like a, a truly minimal, like everything has a place kind of thing. It's like, like then what do you do? Like, are, are you just, rela- are these people who, like, watch TV a lot? I feel like that's not the thing. Like, what do you do n- now that you're like, oh, there's no little reminder, no object reminder of, like, a thing you have to do? Yeah, I mean, I feel like on one level there are people that must be pretty organized that have uh, solid memories or solid filing systems so that things don't have to be visual. I mean, actually, there you go. That is really the key. They don't have a visual connection to their organizational model. It's a purely mental. Are you talking about people connection. who can make lists and then do them and then yes. just say everything's done? Yes, very type I don't A. I can't do that because I mean, this is a sort of, I don't know. This is sort of an aside. But the other thing is, if you live in a really minimal space, you actually have to clean all the time. Clutter the time. disguises things like dust and you know, yes. grime that you can kind of get away with normally, but you can't do that at all if you live in like Moby's house. Moby is the classic. Uh, cribs episode with the most minimal setup i've ever seen was it just all white it was like a williamsburg apartment that was just white well it was all white walls but it was a lot of glass walls if i remember correctly and i'm talking about i mean his living room had like a pad on the floor a single rug and like one end table i mean he had entire rooms with three or four items total in them i'm not talking about items sitting on other things i'm talking about that's it you know see that's also the luxury of very very discreet hiding locations you know what i mean like where it's like there's closets that you don't you know actually see which is another kind of luxury where you're just like oh no everything's you know clear surfaces and then if you like tap the wall it like pops open yeah yeah yeah. like you're like oh this is where you have your linen closet and crap thrown inside right you know like that's a different kind of like you're like hiding the fact that you're like kind of a hoarder. You're just like, no, no, everything's clean. And you're like, if I open that door, what's going to fall out of it? And they're like, no, no, no. They're just like three years of newspapers. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's anybody with like hidden doors in their homes that it has newspapers behind them. I, are you sure? I feel like there's secret hoarders that are like, no, no, we just don't talk about that room. No, I really, I really don't think so, man. I think people that, I think the people that shoot for the nothingness aesthetic genuinely uh are put off or psychically distressed by what you're describing they do not hoard as hard as that is for you to accept or for me to accept i mean i do the similar thing to you just on a smaller scale but like this whole idea of like you know wanting to achieve nothingness and then you so you do that and then you have the past year where you're just like okay i've achieved nothingness but now i am alone in a nothing space like that sounds terrible right in in my brain, I'm like, oh, do you maybe want to pivot or do you want to even go like, because there's no stimulation then, because you're trapped in a place with nothing. Yeah. It's a prison. Y- yes. I always felt that way. I was very against like, um, at my previous job, people would talk about Marie Kondo all the time and how much they loved it. And I was always kind of against it. I felt like it had a very authoritarian streak to it. 
because she would tell you to do things such as like, hey, if you have a book that you like, but you only read a certain chapter, just cut that chapter out and throw away the rest of the book. And I was like, okay, you don't really understand what books are or what things are or what sentiment is. And I feel the same way about clothes. Like, I think it's okay to keep an old t-shirt just for sentimental value, even if you're not going to wear it. And I would go to almost any object across the board and say, listen, if you're going to apply something to it uh, that isn't utilitarian, that's fine. Driving your entire life towards, like you said, like eventually living in an empty room, uh, just so what? You have a clear headspace to occupy with nothing? That's the part. Yeah, that's the part that I'm like, there's no, there's nothing to cause any sort of like frizzing in your brain. Sure. I, Which I, I think, think is like generative, but like, I, I, I'm sure there are people who find that absolutely insane. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I think one of the other major major motivating factors behind the success of like Marie Kondo or something is just the idea that it gets you to purge regularly so that you have to buy more and replace things more frequently. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Because signs of age don't fit into the nothingness aesthetic, right? Like, if you're living in a really minimal environment, if you have something that looks worn, it looks out of place. Everything must be crisp at all times, from your clothes to your furniture, uh, to your headphones, to your notebook, to your computer, you know? It encourages you to cycle out things that maybe are not uh, expired yet. A little bit, but, like, if you think... So, like, if you case study this, like... um the johnson glass house right yes like there's nothing in there that would sh- that shows age truly except for the bricks around the fireplace uh-huh like that that curved wall right um because what they usually appoint furniture wise are like one cream sofa ish two barcelona chairs and then like i don't know what dining table is in there that is it lapse in my memory or if there even is one because i don't even know if there's a kitchen in the glass house i don't know either (laughs) i think it's just a bed and like a couch um but even then the bed is just like it's white linens and then you know those vertical lines that you just turn yeah or a single curtain same thing with like a the tugendot house um like they're they're all things that you can replace fairly easy or you know wash them weekly sure that someone's gonna steam for you and then everything is just crisp all the time that somebody else is going to do it is key yeah you were just you were just sending me off on a on a mind spiral thinking about where where did all this come from i mean like the obvious you know the obvious like modern trajectory is there but i think it's really from the idea of the jetsons like i think a lot of these minimal aesthetics and stuff rely on the idea of like uh, almost complete automation. And the Jetsons is obviously like the most cartoony, exaggerated example of that. But think about that. That actually works for tasteless people now in, in this economy because of gig workers. You basically do have somebody else that comes and cleans. You have somebody else that delivers your food. Like you have somebody else that dry cleans all your clothes. You have somebody else for everything. So you don't need all of that stuff in your home. That's the only way you can achieve that like crystalline, uh, airless quality to your domicile is if but you that, don't need anything. That's also though why uh, I mean that same kind of person also doesn't do any organizing of their work life either. They have assistance for that. Like no 
it's truly no like quirk that you're like oh this goes here because that makes sense to my brain it's just like oh it has to follow in the like order of things otherwise i don't i don't know where it goes actually right i don't know what would make more sense like in in your nulling example it's like yeah it follows this program but like is that the most useful thing for you not you 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 but like hypothetical person like is that really the most useful thing it's like no it just goes there though because that's where suela puts it right right you well, know like yeah, yeah. um it's ba- it's back to signs of life like there are no signs of life to someone that relies that heavily on other people because what they prize more than anything is efficiency and humanity is not about that no no Mm-mm-mm. especially a home you know I mean, Corbusier done done fucked it all up when he was like machines for living. It's like, uh, and then everybody got it wrong. (laughs) Right, right. Like you know, like it's just like, oh, you put an idea out, and then it, oh, wrong. It got manipulated, and then you have like these, and then you get Levittown, and then it's just a shit show from there. Yeah, yeah. You get McMansions, and then you have now the logical conclusion is a pied-à-terre that someone only lives in twice a year. Right. Right. For two days. You know, I was just uh, doing a rewatch of that Chernobyl series on HBO. And our conversation and the things we're talking about, it, it's stunning how much uh, like mid and late period Soviet architecture and domestic spaces that are so generally disdained um, by esthetes and by political people alike are similar to what we're talking about. Everybody lives in kind of like a concrete block that's very sparely decorated. There's a lack of consumer items and advertisements, so everything feels a little more emptied out. You know, there's not as many books available, so you don't have entire libraries full of, like, the classics. But you did have, like, you know, when I think of, like, Eastern Bloc countries, like, it is fairly bare and very ugly on the exterior and the structure, but then you have, like, doilies. Like, if you think about a Russian block, like, uh, you know, uh, wh- what are they called in, in England? The, like, council homes, which are also, like, basically just, like, projects. Right, the government housing. Projects there, yeah. by any other name, yeah. Um, it's very, it's all that, It's, but it's, like, and there's not much stuff and there's nothing on the walls, but it's, like, you see these little handcrafted things or, like... Uh, matryoshka dolls or something like that like little little things uh then kind of like creep in but they're the only thing that makes you think that there's a personality but even those things are generally on the uh large production scale unless it's an heirloom yeah 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 and even the idea of an heirloom like that is really just a personal piece of memorabilia it's not really like a it's not precious except for the person who owns it. Right. You know, so, that's interesting. Like, what do what do you think that the nothingness people do with heirlooms? Do you think they reject them? I kind of think they do. I don't think they are owners of uh, family history. I don't think they're interested in history. Again, I think that's one of those things. It's like, does it just go in a storage unit? Right. Like, you never see their storage unit, unit. That's true. That's where all of the real clutter is happening. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. It's like oh, just put it in a bin, take it to storage. Like I it, like it's one of those things. I can't toss it because sentimental, but I'm not gonna live with it. Mm-hmm. 
which is like i mean I what a desecration live. of sentimentality though you know what i mean like I, I always feel that if you're going to keep something that's an heirloom or even if it's not an heirloom uh or of that quality if it's just something you're sentimental about you have a duty to treat it respectfully and at least put it in a place of pride whether that means display or whether that means um some kind of careful storage that's close to you because otherwise you aren't really sentimental about it you're faking it that's because you're not demonstrating the care it takes to provide for the object i think the being with it is the important thing because it's like you know i have photos that i'm like i'm not the great i'm like oh yeah i should frame this and then i still just put it back down and then it goes back to wherever it came from right but it's something that you can stumble upon you know maybe once or twice a year and then you can have that moment of like having a memory wash o- over you or something like that sure. you know where it's like and then the thing does its job and then you go yes this is near to me and it should remain physically near to me and not tossed out into a garbage heap or into like a filing bin that you know goes away right like that that is what like sentimental objects are designed or you know are supposed to do and why you should want them around so then something that you don't think about often then is in your forefront and you know otherwise you lose memories of people or places or things like that yeah sure the, out of sight out of mind um applies right in fact uh i'll plug it we did a whole patreon episode about this i don't know if you remember you were a little drunk and weepy oh well Talking about uh, photography and sentimentality and uh, how to put away photo albums and how to preserve things in your life. Sure. Uh, (laughs) You know, sometimes you get a little white girl wasted because you had like a lunch and then you're like, let's blaze through dinner. We don't have time for this. And then you just don't remember things. Oh, yeah. Again, getting so much older can't, you know can't have more than like three drinks otherwise i'm spun out for a day and a half oh dude yeah i mean drinks aside i'm telling you what i feel like my thinking has been so blunted lately and i really cannot figure it out i can't tell if it's just drastic change or whatever but maybe it's a a lingering side effect of covid i've actually been thinking that because one of the thing you know right really is it foggy thinking well yeah, yeah because it was a very clear symptom while i had it I had the brain fog and I understood exactly what that meant. I'm sure I mentioned it on here when we recorded, but I honestly think it's sort of lingered. Like, I think that, that I, ever since I've had COVID, I can't, um, I'm not as sharp as I was. I mean, I feel like I have this hunch that like in the future, they'll be like, yeah, COVID-19 was really like mono where you like get it once and you can kind of live through it, but it really like drains you, but then you can still get like residual symptoms for the rest of your life. Because, like, people who have mono, like, will hit patches where they're like, oh, I am so tired. And it's very, I'm just, the lethargy is really deep. And they're, people are like, oh, well, why did you? It's like, yeah, no, I slept for eight hours, but I had mono once. And it feels like that. Yeah, you know what? You might be right. Who knows? You know, just really good at, you know, figuring out, like, disease patterns, you know. <laughs> yeah, why don't like, they hire you at, at the CDC? I should just be like, listen, like, I've had several different weird things transmitted to me. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I should be studying. I'm sorry. Yeah, what's everybody complaining about? Nothing a little penicillin and uh, a trip to City MD can't Yeah, you remedy. should be fine. Get a cough <laughs> drop and call it a day. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I that that could be it. I mean, it's also January. January is not a time of year for like massive thinking and you know putting things together. To be perfectly honest, I always think of January as this is the month we just have to get through. Yeah, you're right about that. That's that is for sure. After you hit like January 10th, you're like, how long is this one? Oh, it's the long one. Fuck. And then you have February, and then it's March. Right, right, right. And then you then you're like. March is here. I can think again. March is the real milestone, and February is short enough that you can kind of just grit and bear it a little bit more. It goes so fast that you're like, it's it's useless, useless month. Um, But it's the last breaks until you're like, signs of life are returning. I mean, I was happy today that, like, we finally crossed the other Rubicon of, like, the days being too short. I was like, ooh, it's 4.30, and the sun's still medium in the sky oh yeah yeah i was like okay i i feel like a person again yeah like it's gonna happen we're going yeah yeah that is that is a nice uh that is a nice little milestone to finally cross although i have to tell you what i am very much enjoying about ohio that we get that whole extra hour so it's it's getting near to six o'clock full hour oh yeah easy money full hour yeah um Right now, it's nearly 6 o'clock when it gets dark. Oh, yeah, no. Here, it's 5 o'clock, and you're like, oh, yep. fuck. So I'm really enjoying but that. Does, but yeah. mm. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm such a big dum-dum right now, just walking around with brain fog, that I can't really, truly appreciate anything. Well, you're also in, you know, ingesting a ton of sawdust now. That is true. Do you think that's bad for me? Is sawdust, the- sawdust carcinogenic? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean... Depending on if it's like heat treated, yeah, it could yeah, there's some stuff in there. No, oh, well <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess bring there. it all on. Um I've inhaled a lot of bad things through my nose. Uh yeah, but at least they had yeah. positive effects on my mental plasticity in the short term. I don't think anything that goes <laughs> up the nose does any of that except for temporarily and then the long term effects are much more detrimental. Oh. Um unless it's eh. I was going to say, unless it's like an allergy thing, but I think even that like causes some like brain bleed at some point. Oh, maybe that's what I need. I feel like like a menthol nasal spray would be good. Like I just need to hit myself real quick in the morning and go, okay, we're here. You just now. need some Narcan yeah, like, yeah, in the morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, nothing like the smell of Narcan in the morning. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Th- I mean, that is. See, anytime I go to Ohio, though, I always end up sleeping a lot, and I never, I can never ascribe what it is. And I don't know if it's maybe just the like slight elevation in, you know, above sea level. Oh, it could be. You know, I feel more sleepy here. I always like sleep for like ten hours a day. Well, maybe it's home. maybe it's just because you're away from your stress, your otherwise stressful life, and your body is just telling you to turn off for a while. Uh, it's also because, you know, the old people I go to visit wake up at fucking five in the morning and I go, <laughs> what is happening? And then, you know, you have to take two eight o'clock naps and you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be up until whenever and then fall asleep at 10 wait, and wait, wait. wake up at five in the morning. By two eight o'clock naps, do you mean an, a nap at 8 a.m. and a nap at 8 p.m.? Well, yeah, the, the first one... <laughs> 
is just going back to sleep after you know they've stopped puttering and they're like off to work or whatever and then the second one is like later in the day i'm like i am so tired because i've been awake technically with only that one nap very early doesn't count like it sucks Uh, and having to take a nap and it hasn't even crossed noon terrible (laughs) i would think for you you would really like that to be able to squeeze in two naps a day sounds like a dream I almost did it today, but I also woke up early, so it was fine. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, got an early nap. I was like, ooh, are we going to get a 7 o'clock nap in? And I was like, no, I can't get a 7 o'clock nap in. <laughs> um, yeah, and I had to go clean brushes because I was like, ooh, if I don't do it now, that's going to evaporate and they're going to be deceased. Sorry, taking big big swig of my beverage. Um, what else you got? To, what, what else you got on the docket here on this day? We're at 55 minutes, and I know, I know. 10 minutes of those are technical difficulties. That <laughs> so. it, it wasn't 10 minutes. It was like three. Uh, oh, I don't know how to read time. Uh, I don't know, man. Do you want to just do a short episode? We can do a, we can do a fucking 53-minute episode. Who cares? It'll be a 50-minute. Come on. you got to have 10 minutes more hot takes. So we got nothing to worry about tomorrow. Everything's going to be great. Oh, okay, um, fine. Uh, you know... What you know what you know here? what I was thinking actually before we started recording about the inauguration because we were talking about it a little bit. Uh yeah, on brand, it, we do an episode and then go, "Oops." Yeah, it will happen. be s- so funny if something major does happen and we decided to blow it off because just for the audience's sake, we could have recorded this after the inauguration and probably had a lot more to talk about. Although, you know, I don't normally pay attention to inaugurations. I think I paid attention to Trump's just because it was Trump. But uh, nobody usually gives a shit about this. But the only thing I'm thinking that would be funny is if something really, really bad happens to Biden. And that was the only thing that crossed my mind. Um, Because we're living in the world, as we've said a million times, where the craziest and funniest thing is the most likely thing to happen. And so I think something like... Biden stroking out at the inauguration and, you know, in the middle of his speech and becoming like a a empty head paraplegic immediately or some crazo trying to take his life or something. You know, I heard talk of like there's enough support in the National Guard for Trump that because there's such a large presence to keep the Trump fans away, there might be somebody from the Guard that does something. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Two guards got removed already. Okay, so their there ties to the far right. So right now I'm calling it that I don't think anything interesting at all is going to happen. In fact, I think it's going to be boring as fuck. But the mere fact of calling that m- makes me want to check myself and go in the opposite direction and say something absolutely crazy is going to happen. But who knows? So I just thought of something that I, you know, it's it's a visual thing. So this is, aha. So what do we think of this idea of these flags for the 200,000 people who can't go to the thing? So they lined the national the 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 front yard. Is it called the mall? Yes, the front yard, the front yard of the nation, the national. Yeah, mall. America's front yard. <laughs> um, they put the flags, and it's like different. I, what are the different? It's like a different colors and shit like that. I was like, what do we think of this? Is like an image. I don't like it, and I can't put my finger on why I don't like it. But there's something unnerving about it. I don't like flag. I don't like flags, and a lot of them. 
Yeah, I mean, as, as symbolism, it just it, it itchy. I don't like it. The number one thing that it makes me sad about is that Donald Trump doesn't have a Twitter anymore because this would have been the perfect bracket on the presidency. We start out talking about crowd size and we end it talking about crowd size at an inauguration. How beautiful would that have been? Because you know if Trump still had a Twitter, the number one thing he's going to say is, look at Joe Biden's crowd. It's so small. Folks, it's just full of flags. All he's got is flags. There's no one there. No one supports him. They all voted for me. But we're not going to get that now. We've been deprived of that by Tim Cook and fucking Jeff Bezos. What? And what's his name? Jack Dorsey and Elon Jack Musk. Jack Dorsey. I'm like, and all these billionaires. I don't think I don't think Tim Cook had anything look, to do that. Listen, do with they're that. all he was part like, of the same cabal. Listen, Tim Cook is counting the money that's in a bank in Ireland and going, we good, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Tim we Cook is that, gay, like, right? I'm pretty sure he is. I think so. Okay. I was just Ooh. trying to chalk one up against your team. Ew. I mean, imagine him trying to go to a bathhouse in San Francisco. Gross. <laughs> it's like someone walks up to him like, hey, so what do you do? Like, Well, I run Apple. Oh, God. Oh, you're that one. Oh, no. God, imagining like, a bathhouse in San Francisco, all I'm picturing, I mean, I guess this is a lot of bathhouses, but uh, a lot of elderly Chinese men and then a ton of gays. Those are two different kinds of bathhouses. That's very different. Yeah, <laughs> there's but, the, you like, know, hey. There's the, the Japanese bathhouses, like, it's the like faucets in a row. Like, you've played Street Fighter. Like, E-Honda's thing is actually close to, like, <laughs> how they go with, like, the buckets and the faucets. And then you go into, the like, the big hot tub. Um the other ones, not not so much. Mm-hmm. A little different. Do you like, think Joe Biden hits the sauna or goes to a bathhouse? I kind of think so. That seems really he, on brand for him. I think as a as a younger, fitter man, he probably would do the the steam after going to the gym, because that's what old rich Caucasians do. You do you do deals in a steam room. Ew. Yeah, that sounds gross. I mean, not like these kind of deals. And for the reader at home, I'm doing skiing motions. Um, But like, you know, like I'm thinking of a Gilmore Girls episode where there's like, you know, money conversations happening at the club in the steam room. That's a culture. Yes, definitely. But that's a culture that, you know, very different. Like, I don't think a Donald Trump ever went to the steam room. No, absolutely not. I don't think Donald Trump ever got naked in front of anyone he wasn't having sex with. Correct. Yes. So like... Going and to the club for lunch was just going to the club for lunch, not actually like, oh, I'm going to take a steam, go to lunch, maybe do, you know, around. Oh, no, as we all know, the body is a battery. You can't waste it frivolously on things like playing racquetball and then steaming. What? Donald Trump's Victorian theory of health. We've talked about this before. Yeah, but a steam is resuscitation. It's, you know. Well, it's... no, no, no. But it also drains you a little bit. It's a positive kind of draining. But it's getting all the toxins out of you. Isn't that, isn't that what the steam is for? I don't know. You're supposed to sweat it all out, you know? That's why it's good. You sweat out all the bad stuff, and then you exit the steam, and, and you feel better. You feel refreshed. Do you? Is that the thing? I think that's, I think that's the thing. I don't know. We should ask somebody that does it. I, I don't, I've, you know, I've sat in saunas before, but I've never done a true steam. I've never I've done never it for done therapeutic the, like, value. I've never done the really hardcore like, hot one. Right. Like the one where it's like actually foggy in the room and you're like <gasps> hard to breathe, like it's that hot. Yeah, those are the really good ones. That's the Joe Rogan steam. That's like a banya where you're just like, uh oh, okay, we're gonna die here. Okay, fantastic. Where's the vodka? Great, let's do this. Ooh boy, I don't think you're supposed to drink in there, just so you know. 
that's that's Russian style. They whack you with the eucalyptus leaves, and then you take a shot, and then you sit in there and you sweat out all that, sweat out all the terrible things you've done for thirty-seven years. Oh man, oh all the terrible things that your people have been through for centuries. <laughs> Little radiation starts seeping out. Yeah. They gotta like tape it off after everybody leaves, hose it down. I'll Ugh. tell you what, man. I love the Russians. They they have it right. They understand suffering. And they've really internalized it into their entire culture. They learned how to have fun with it. I respect them. Salute. Mm. Salute to the Russians. I think that's how we should end the Trump presidency. (laughs) Just play some Bolshevik marching chants on the outro of this. Oh, boy. Ooh.